Jobber Talk 2017 in review with Marty. And welcome to Jobber Talks 2017 year in review special. My name is Martin and we're here to try and briefly run down what happened to the year 2017 in the local pro wrestling scene. Starting off with PWR Live Bagong Yugto. Bagong Yugto was special for a few instances. First and foremost, it was literally a new chapter of PWR, Philippine Wrestling Revolution, as it was coming off of 2016 with a lot of momentum and also a lot of controversy behind the scenes. So this was a very special show for PWR, not because of just being the literal new chapter, but also because of the guests. None other than WWE's own Mr. Canyon Seaman came in to watch and evaluate the PWR roster. As well as, what else happened there? Oh, let's see. A return of Mr. Bombay Suarez as he took on Dax Javiera. We also saw, well, Chino Ginto and Ralph Imabayashi's feud continuing as Imabayashi lost to Ginto. This would continue on in Path of Gold when those two guys will meet again in the final four only for Ralph to eliminate him. The Path of Gold now is the rise of Chris Panzer after his 2016 uh, choke angle. He kept on losing big stakes matches the last year but now starting from Path of Gold he would win that match and would go on to win the big one in Revolution X against then-champion John Sebastian. He would lose the PWR championship, however, to Billy Suede, but he would reclaim it months later before the year ended. Now, we mentioned about Sino Ginto, so we'll talk about him now. One of the other highlights of 2017 was the continual rise of Chino Ginto. To me, 2017 was the breakout year of the Golden Boy. We saw glimpses of it in the later parts of 2016, but his win over Ralph in Bagong Yugto and his win over the other guys in the PHX Championship match, where he got the PHX title in Revolution X, cemented his status as one of PWR's hottest stars of 2017. Unfortunately, after his six-man tag team match, featuring his fellow network cohorts against Ken Warren and the Yolo Twins. Chino Ginto sustained an injury that will take him out the whole year and was forced to relinquish his PHX title. While it was supposed to be his year, he had to be inactive for the rest of the year after his injury. Well, I wish nothing but a speedy recovery to former PHX champion Chino Ginto and also former PHX champion Main Max, who are both out with an injury, and I hope to see them back in the roster by 2018. And uh, speaking of Chino Ginto, the Chino Ginto story of 2017, here's some more insights of a few of my friends and how they saw what the rise of Chino Ginto meant in 2017. Take it away, Ants and Migs. I, um, my favorite moment was when Chino Ginto won the PHX Championship because it's the culmination of a really good story for him. I mean, I hope he gets the title back soon. 
Actually, Martin, uh, Chino Gintos Rice, uh, well, this 2017, uh, actually had momentum a few years back pa. We all, we, we, we all know that he was actually over to the crowd and it, it, res- it, it, it responded with, even at some matches, the, uh, the crowd was chanting Chino. Uh, the ole 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 as Chino, Chino Chino. So everyone was actually, well, Chino was actually over. Uh, and before his injury, he was actually entering into a feud with the network, or supposedly going to enter into a feud with the network with James Idol Martinez, or rather now with James Lodi Martinez. So uh, quite a, quite a surprise that he got injured and quite unfortunate as well. Yeah, and he was he was then the your your PHX champion, your your hybrid X champion. No? So that being said, I do think that recovery for Chino Ginto is priority. Uh, that, that, that that's going to be the main thing. Same with Main Max, no, with the legs of Main Max. Really being able first to be one hundred percent before they enter the ring and perform. That aside from the Chino Ginto storyline to the Chris Panzer versus John Sebastian storyline, let's go on to another one that happened in 2017 it was billy suede arriving in pwr the beautiful one made his debut against blackzilla and he made a big splash when he took on pwr's senorito jake de leon in one of the most intense the most memorable matches in local philippine pro wrestling history of all time it was revolution x's jdl versus billy suede and speaking of that we have my friend mr jai garcia formerly or currently of kayfabe cafe talking about his favorite moment of 2017 jdl versus billy suede my 2017 moment has to be the match between the Senorito himself, Jake DeLeon, versus the beautiful one, Billy Suede. For one, it's a clash of titans. The masters of Philippine wrestling, or Filipinos representing pro wrestling, have culminated in the Bayania Center, and it was epic all around. Everyone was ecstatic elated by it and you can't help but just be at awe with just how action-packed the moves are right you know i mean how how the match played out it was so energetic there were no dull moments and by the time the match finished everyone was just still up and roaring revolution x was the talk of the town we had Apocalypse going over Rhetoric Mahaba in the all-out war match. We had a nice tag team pre-show match featuring TDT and Evan Carlo taking on Delirium. Delirium won and was 2-0. We also had the returning Bombay Suarez taking on Ken Warren. And with me right now is Frankie13 with his thoughts as to why it was his favorite 2017 moment. My favorite moment has to be when Ken Warren defeated Bombay Suarez with a flaming low blow, just because it was a very throwback match to like the OGs of PWR. And you know, that, that spot was like really good. It was really planned out because nobody really expected it. Yeah. Now, 
April 8, 2017, signal the second Pro Wrestling Federation in the Philippines in the form of the Manila Wrestling Federation as it made its maiden voyage at the Makati Cinema Square Arena. We haven't seen any wrestling at the Makati Cinema Square Arena since September 2015 when it held the second renaissance event of PWR. The very first MWF show featured the very first Manila rules match between Mr. Lucha and former PWR wrestler Robin Sane. It was a very spectacular main event. Throughout 2017, MWF will have a total of five shows, which started off with the April show, then became Republica, Road to Fate, Balik Bayan, and Noche Buena. They had special guests such as AWF, Australian Asian Wrestling Federation's own TNT Greg Bounds, and of course, Ho Ho Lun, a former WWE talent, competitor of the Cruiserweight Classic, and the father of Hong Kong Pro Wrestling. Those two guys were there at MWF's final show of 2017, and that was Noche Buena, and I did ask my friend and co-host John on his thoughts on the future of MWF. Just in case you missed that episode, here it is now. Take it away, guys. So yeah, uh, any final thoughts going into 2018 for MWF? Mm, hopefully they have a really good 2018. Yeah. Because uh, they're establishing an identity. I think I've mentioned this before. They're further along towards an identity than PWR is. At this stage. At this stage, okay. yeah. PWR is more money, more production value, but I get the feeling that they still can't decide who they are. MWF, I think, is closer to deciding who they are. And I hope that continues for next year. So they're going there. Yeah, I, th- I hope that first they get a championship belt to give the roster something to fight for. Mm-hmm. That is the first priority. Second is the ring. I hope they get a better ring. Yeah, sadly, if it's the better ring... Yeah, that's probably going to cost not, a lot of money. And yeah. we're not going to be MCS anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always a little something lost when you leave MCS. Uh, yeah. But I don't, hey. I, don't, I don't think it's going to be as. Actually, it might be. Actually, because the, I remember the, when PWR moved out of MCS, what you missed was the fact that there were some people drinking in the crowds. So it was kind of raucous. Yeah. Yeah. When they went to I Academy, suddenly it became very prim and proper and PG. Um, but here, what will change, I think, is that. If you look at it now, I think I've also mentioned this after the show. MWF, because it's so early and it's still in the support Philippine wrestling phase, MWF is a show that is shown mostly to other wrestlers. Yeah, because most of the watchers are are also wrestlers. friends who are wrestlers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's, it's sort of like the independent gig scene where it's mostly these guys and their friends watching each other. But yeah, this was a, a show that played up to the fact that its audience were very knowledgeable because they're all wrestlers too yeah. and I think <laughs> if they leave MCS they get more mainstream exposure that sort of charm might disappear but um, if they are successful in establishing an identity then it, it will matter 
like establishing the brand first. Yeah, if they establish like uh, who they are, then you can probably you can probably withstand losing that particular charm. Mm. They can uh, you can now ride on an identity rather than uh, on, the, on the charm. And in this brand identity. Does it have to sacrifice individual identity of the characters or no, not much? Not really, because this is something that is determined by the characters you have. It's, you don't shape your characters by it. It's usu it usually happens by the characters you already have. and The players the you have in... Yeah, they've the characters they've consciously cultivated. So we have the High Flyer. Robinson. Yeah, you have... Uh, yeah. All of their gimmicks are very, very Pinoy. Mm -hmm. uh, except... Well, yeah, all of it, except for the ninjas. And, uh, yeah... <laughs> even their even their Mr. Lucha is a very Pinoy Lucha. Yeah, Pinoy that. Lucha. Yeah, he's big. He's uh, a, he talks a lot. <laughs> he uh, the what, Philippine flag motif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he has his own style. Is definitely he doesn't look like too many luchadors I've ever seen. And then uh, in the young guys, we have uh, La Luna Sangre and Hanzelo. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And I think that's important. Like, I'm sure there are a lot of gimmicks. That would look like or would fly in a Philippine context that won't fly anywhere else. Mm. And I think MWF is in a better position to explore that than any other federation right now. And I think they're leaning towards that. Like, I don't think I could have imagined Moises Liwanag in PWR. Okay. Yeah. Going back to PWR, PWR's season or 2017 year ended with a bang and it featured Team C versus Team Sebastian. It was just like 2016 where it was John Sebastian versus Mr. C, but this time this was for the control of the entire PWR. If Mr. C loses, he will lose his general manager position. If Mr. Sebastian loses, well, he also loses a lot of stuff, like his 50% ownership. It all came ahead in Vendetta 2017, sponsored by Yellow Cab, and I hope this does not get censored, guys. Oh, where was I? Right, um, yeah, it all came ahead, and the fifth member of Team Sebastian was the face of PWR, Mr. Philippine Wrestling himself. Jake De Leon. And this was my friend, Mr. Aldrin's favorite moment of 2017. Here are his thoughts on the matter. Take it away. Favorite moment was the whole uh, Mr. C versus John Sebastian saga. It's really an interesting concept. and uh, I really love the the Obusan uh, Lahi match. It it was awesome and uh, it showcased every uh, person's talent in there. And yes, that's 2017 in a nutshell. I know I missed out on a lot of stuff like maybe how I enjoyed fine TDT before APCC angle on the internet. The YOLO twins trying to look for their estranged cousin or relative in Capitan PWR. And maybe what? Um, the birth of the Kaka Ebros. The surprise match of the year candidate between Angelo Silva and Prince Aldrin, or Aldrin Richards, I mean. Oh, what else could I have missed out? Well, whatever. All I can say is 
that 2017 was a landmark year for Philippine professional wrestling across the board. And here's my co-host from Third World Gaming, Migs, on his assessment of 2017 in pro wrestling in the Philippines. Now, with whether the landscape has changed, I do think it has gone a full 180. Uh, you see Jake DeLeon being a heel now and you see the likes of uh, MTNH being as heels as well and you see John Sebastian running the show so to speak no, for PWR uh, the network are over as faces so I do think they can become like the shield like they're, they're the overstable with the, with the PWR right now and this is something to look forward to no, no with, with their promotion on a broad strokes or for a broad perspective Competition is always better, both on the fan side and on your on your performer side. On the fan side, it gives us much more flavor into a lot of uh, the type the types and styles of wrestling, uh, especially here in Philipp- in the Philippines. You see Philippine wrestling developing. That's number one. But you just can't contain it to say, oh, it's only PWR. I I, I do think that's a bit selfish to say. No, that's why you see the likes of MWF and AOW having their own thing going on, and hopefully would draw the crowd as well. Now, on the performer side, it will give them also flexibility. If they think they're not performing well, or if they think they're not in the right spot in in the promotion, then there are all, always other promotions to go to as well. Just just you know as. As a professional rule, just don't burn bridges, so to speak. Speaking of burning, here's my burning predictions of 2018 in the pro wrestling landscape of the Philippines. For PWR, we might see a new champion as soon as Kingdom Come, because I'm picking Ralph Imobayashi to win the title over current champion Chris Panzer. For MWF... I'd have to say they'll finally have an MWF title. And that's going to be a good thing. And maybe the first champion will be Rex Lawin. Yeah, I'm picking Rex to be the first MWF champion if they do have a belt. And we'll have a third promotion come March with Art of War Wrestling. And their headliner obviously might be Brian Leo and or The Machine. So I can't wait to see their other crop of talents come March 2018. For the prospects, well, fine, I'll I'll do my answers here. 2018's most promising prospects. Wow, okay. PWR has to be the Kaka Ebros. Don't sleep on them because it looks like they're a joke JJ tag team. They're not, I think by 2018 you will see they mean business and yeah i might be a handful of fans who might say that they will have a pwr tag team title reign before this year ends and maybe they'll get it as soon as this number one contendership tournament ends speaking of the tag team titles i'm feeling the yolo twins will be the first two-time pwr tag team champions and fortunes are rising for me in terms for quattro satan trudeau and that brad cruz guy for mwf i'm gonna say brother jomar and kyle bro okay so how about my guests i saw the rise actually of this one guy and i think i wasn't able to see the rise of the other 
I'm high for the following. I'm high for Evan Carlo and Zayden Trudeau. I think those are I've I've heard and seen some of their videos. They are actually quite good performers for PWR. Uh, on the PWR still, I like the Kakai Bros and still the oh. network. <laughs> I mean, again, you have again these promotions would have to take into consideration. Are they wrestling shows or are they shows about wrestling? Because that would delineate whether they're going for a sports entertainment style of narrative or you're going forward a pro wrestling style of uh, presentation to your audience. So they really need to determine this first before they actually go go and say, oh, this is what we're going to do with the promotion. Okay, I'm breaking the fourth wall now because I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> yeah. But you said that. Is there a chance that they can do both? Or is that quite weird if they try to? Well, we've seen both. I think New Japan is a good thesis of being A, a pro wrestling show, and at the same time, a show about a wrestling show. Because you see a dichotomy of the parts. No? You see the Bullet Club wrestling, that's number one. But you also see the Bullet Club in real life with their YouTube channel, with their uh, with, with their interactions with uh, Ring of Honor, and you see and you see that that the Bullet Club is actually not just your normal heels, so to speak, or to an extent, not your normal baby faces. They're not tweeners as well because if you're going to look, they have their own thing going on, right? Yeah. <laughs> so now now whether Philippine wrestling can do that, I think that's a challenge for Philippine wrestling. And when I say Philippine wrestling again, it's not just PWR; it's MWF and AOW as well. The question here is how will you present it, and will timing be an issue? I do think it will be an issue. Do you need a certain? I got stoked when MWF, uh, ha- uh quote unquote, gate crashed a PWR show. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was really really good as well. So. Uh, things to consider uh, these things to consider no? at least show the competitive nature at least show at, uh, on, on the narrative show clear inst- clear motivation not just by, not just by say I, I hate or something but say like like what New, Jap- New Japan does like winning a tournament or earning through the earning the ranks you know not just get not just pointing to someone say you're over you're gonna push you but it's really, it's really more of a, an uphill climb for the wrestlers to see, get the pinnacle. 2018 predictions. Miguel Rosales wins the Pat of Gold. He really needs to win the Pat of Gold. I, I, I believe that he is PWR's best kept secret. And it would be a shame if he's not going to win because dude's really talented. And I believe that you know, he can be one of the top guys for 2018. 2018 predictions. I'm going to go with um, Ralph Imabayashi winning the PWR title once more. Um, what else? Um, I'm gonna go with Sade Introdu making a really big wave this time. Um, my predictions for 2018 would be uh, Alden Richards is gonna go to PWR. And, um, well, another one is. Well, it's more of a talent exchange, so. That's how VR is going to go to MWF. Our 2018 prediction has to be more crossovers. We've already seen teasers from Gus World, from Queens Worldwide, rather. And 
John Sebastian appearing in the last MWF show, there's a there's a hint there that a crossover between the two uh, the two companies can be possible in, even in such a short time. And to see that we're growing and we have more global support, I'd like to see that um, the crossover between the two companies are going to put everyone over, not just for themselves, but also to put the Philippines in the Southeast Asian wrestling scene. All right. And now to ask them the most promising prospect of 2018. Yeah, I understand how crappy that question sounds. Take it away. Oh, uh, most promising wrestler, uh, well, wrestlers or prospects for 2018. Again, uh, Evan Curlo, for me, uh, personally, it's Evan Curlo uh, and uh, Zayden Trudeau. Uh, the network still as a faction, they're still quite over. So if you're talking about promising, you're not just talking about rising superstars or rising wrestlers also, but still over factions. No? Uh, uh, for the lack of a better term, really, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed by uh, uh, Trian. Oh. That, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he has a skill set. He knows his limitation, and he's working within the skill set to get over. So that's really a good thing. And still, no, uh, when you're talking about over people, GDL Barnard, GDL. I mean, even though he's a heel, people still like him because to get the Philippine crowd over, I think. First things first, you gotta wrestle well. <laughs> you gotta wrestle well first. Well, you have a, you gotta wrestle well. Plus, you have to have a very good identity. And those, when you have those two, you're legit over with the crowd. Um, uh, for me, uh, probably is uh, obviously Aldrin Richards, and for PWR, mm, fuck. Still, I'm I'm torn between Zayden and. Uh, Quattro. Yeah, just... Is it okay if I pick two? You sure you're not a Frankie Turk? <laughs> Alright. Um, my pick would be... For the MWF side, I have to go with uh, Brother Jomar. I mean, so much untapped potential. And for the PWR side, well, I'm a Trabajador Quattro guy. So, I hope he does something big next year. Mr. Ans, it's your promising prospect. Aldrin Richards and Kakai Bros. Uh, any reason you can add? No reason. I just, I'm just a big mark for those two talents. My 2018 promising prospect has to be Queens Worldwide because their debut in the BWR scene is a sign that they are expanding and with the matchup next year against TNT that is a sign that we're going to see more global class competition as Queens Worldwide is expanding and, and enhances that that noise that Philippine wrestling is making at the moment before this episode ends I would like to thank my co-hosts John and Migs as well as my special guests Ants and Jag of Kayfabe Cafe and Prince Aldrin and Mr. Frankie 13. And before anything else, I would also like to thank my guests who have guested here in Jobber Talk last year in 2017. That was a very, very big milestone for me. 
from Orwell to Mikers to Mr. Greg Bounds to Robin Sane to Ho Ho Lin and, and even Zayden Trudeau and who else? I think I'm missing a couple of names, but to those guys and to my listeners, thank you for your love and support. And I still see the download counts coming up already, even up to now. So yeah. And this is the part of the episode where I want to ask you guys to help this site, well specifically Jobber Talk, to unsuck. How? By being a monthly patron. Go to patreon.com slash channel14 and give us some maybe monthly funding for uh, stuff like maybe the hosting of this site, as well as better equipment and better talent. And we are on the Twitter, that's at CH14. We have a YouTube page, by the way. And I heard we still have a Google Plus page that I have yet to interact with. And that's it. No off-tangent today. Wishing everyone an awesome 2018. Here's to the future, guys. Goodbye.